Welcome to Less Than or Equal, the podcast about pursuing equality and geekdom by celebrating the diverse and their accomplishments. I'm your host, Aline Sims, and today I am joined by Lewis Doe. Lewis, welcome. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing well. On a, uh, we're recording on a Saturday afternoon, and the weather is beautiful here in California, so life is good. Yay. So, Lewis, who are you? Uh, that's... What a... What a deep question. I, uh, I'm, I'm always amazed about the eloquent answers your guests give. So I'll, I'll, I'll try to throw mine in the hat here. Uh, I am a male. I'm a college student. Um, I'm looking at pursuing a degree in international relations, but that might change the business. Uh, I'm also working at a, uh, investment firm and we're working in insurance at the moment um that's how i'm paying my bills and supporting myself to go through school um i'm also uh totally blind and uh i, I don't know if it's relevant or not but i live on my own with a roommate so uh, pretty much all the jumbled facts that i was able to pull out of my brain on short notice <laughs> so how has the so the transition to college is hard for everybody um how has that been for you um because you know it hasn't been that long since since i did that whole thing but it's been long enough that that um i can look back on it fondly but it was pretty rough for me um it was it was rough uh but but it 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 wasn't looking back at it it wasn't too bad um because I, I transferred to college after um, leaving home and going to an independent living center um, in the Bay Area called the Hatland Center for the Blind, uh, which uh, trained me in a year how to live on my own. So pretty much everything that you would watch your parents uh, w- when you're growing up uh, to, to learn how to do, such as cooking, cleaning, uh, simple access crossing the street. Uh, managing your finances, all that kind of stuff. I, um, they taught me how to do that in a year and made sure that I could do it well enough to live on my own. So, so by that point, I was, I was pretty desperate to go into college because I, I wanted to get on with my life because that's, that's the whole uh, intention by that point. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, was, it was interesting because um, the way our system works is if you want financial aid, excuse me, if you want financial aid uh, to help with school, you have to be at least uh, 24 to not be under your parents' uh, files. So mm-hmm. uh, that was problematic for me because um, I didn't have contact with my parents. And uh, it was, uh, well, I don't have contact with my parents. Well, you need this. Well, there has to be another way. And then you, you had to go through this whole separate process of getting a, what they call a dependency override, um, which is completely difficult and yeah. nonsensical. And it was, it, it, it was ridiculous. I, I was just like, well, when you're 18, you're, you're supposed to be expected to move out, but you're still under your parents' control. That was, that, that was a little baffling to me. Um, and college itself, uh, it was nerve wracking because it was a new experience for me. Um, and, uh, I, 
I think the most difficult thing as a blind student was to have my teachers accept me for for who I am and mm -hmm. uh, look at me as somebody who was capable um, because I've, during high school, I've, I've, I've had teachers who I walked in the door and they were just shell-shocked. They, they were like, I don't, I don't know what to do with the student. Um, some of them were like, I don't know how to communicate with them. Like, I mean, I speak English just like everybody else. I was going to say that's, yeah, okay. But, but, uh, but college is obviously different than high school because you don't have that. Um, it, was, it was a lot larger, even though I'm, I, I'm in a community college. It's, it's, it's a different environment. So um, I felt that I, even though there was a uh, disabled student services available, um, I felt that the, uh, the responsibility came to me to advocate because um, those services won't always be with me um, in a workplace. So how did you approach that advocacy? Um, I, uh, I wrote my instructors ahead of time, just, just explaining to them, hey, I'm going to join your class at the beginning of the semester. I'm blind. Here, here are my accommodations. Um, I'm going to be using a laptop and electronic devices in class. I hope you don't mind. Um, that's how I'm, I'm going to take notes. I'm, I will be responsible for my own notes. Um, all I need are materials um, in an electronic format just so I can take the test with everybody else. Um, and, you know, I, I asked them if I could meet them ahead of time uh, just so I could gauge who they were because um, there's nothing worse than just going into a class and then finding your teacher is a complete, um, I, I don't want that funny noise. So a, 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 a very not nice person to, mm -hmm. yeah. And so what was, have your instructors and professors been responsive to that? They have, um, they surprisingly have. And, uh, one of my, uh, greatest instructors, um, her name is Holly Hardy and she's a, she's a Bay area poet. Um, and uh, as well as teaching at my college, she taught uh, my first English class and she was just super receptive and she made me so comfortable in, um, in, in my first college experience. And she was like, well, anything you need, you, you, know, you know the best what you need. Like you, you're the one who's the expert about blindness. So just let me know what, what you need. And if it's within reason, we'll take care of it. And I, I just felt like anybody else in that class, I, I was able to do my reading. You know, I, I um, if, if she had material that she wanted people to read ahead of time, uh, she would send me a, a, a document to read. Um, and I, I was just anyone else in that class. And that was that inclusive feeling and, and it was, was just very special. Um, it, it, it took a lot of the nervousness and any of the angst out of the whole experience that's nice to hear like when people tell me these stories I'm always a little bit worried that um that things didn't go well um so it's good to hear that that things have worked well for you um I'm wondering about your textbooks uh are they um are they available electronically uh for the most part with my textbooks, I go through the uh, Disabled uh, Students and Services Program. Oh, okay, that makes sense. They um, they scan all the books and they they, they split them into um, 
chapters uh, and they're on Word docs. Um, and uh, that, that works pretty well generally. Um, but pretty much everything else, like let's say if a, if a teacher is going to decide to, to give a student um, or to give the class an assignment two days before it's, um, or two, two days before the class or, or what have you, like something spontaneous, um, and they have it online uh, or they have it in an e-text file, uh, there's no reason why I shouldn't get that too. And mm -hmm. it, it just makes it easier. Um, and, and as much as people say, it, you know, there, there's, there's many opinions on this, but I feel that disabled student services is definitely necessary and, and they've helped me a bunch, but um, at the same time, where the rubber meets the road is your interaction with your instructor and, and how you're going to deal with that. Because mm -hmm. um, to me, I took it, I took this very seriously, especially when I started, because I knew that my interactions with college will, will set the stage for how I would approach work and the people at work when, when I started uh, working. Um, because I, if something isn't accessible, if somebody had a problem with me, I, I couldn't run to, to an expert to an expert and say, oh, you know, I needed this file, but they didn't give it to me, or can you make this file this way? I, I was the one who, would, who was going to have to deal with that. Have you encountered um, any challenges uh, so far that you've just kind of like shaken your head or, or like they haven't felt unresolvable? Does that make sense? Yes. Well, I have two stories about that one. One got resolved and one didn't. Okay. Um, if you, you let me tell let me tell the good story first. When when uh, my my first semester, I um, for whatever reason, I would I was put in a lower level math class because um, they didn't have the assessment tests um, in an in an accessible format, which you know you and I both know it's not very right or legal right. <laughs> at that but that those were the cards I, I was dealt and um i you know I, even though i was annoyed it was probably good that i um that i had uh, a an extra semester of math just to um reacquaint myself with it again since i was out of school for a year um and my math instructor uh she was very unsure of how to deal with me you know that that classic oh oh God, there's a blind student in my class. How do I communicate with him? Where's his aid? Like, wh wh why don't you have an aid? Where's your aid? So I can talk to your aid and not you kind of thing. But uh, I, I made it very clear to him that, hey, um, you're responsible for teaching me the material and I'm going to be responsible for learning them. So it's going to be a very long and difficult semester if we don't get this uh, understanding established now and uh luckily he was open-minded enough to it because i i really pushed my agenda i really well agenda may be a bad word but i, I really pushed my adv advocacy stance for that mm -hmm. and uh at the end of the semester he's like you don't want to take the next level math class right you just want to go straight to statistics and um and just take that because that'll be all the math you'll need for, for your transfer. And I was like, I, I would love to, I, I really have no way of, of doing that. I really know of no way of, of doing that. So if there's a way I would love to know about it. And he's like, I'll recommend you because I, I think that you're, you're smart enough to do that like, through this whole class. 
you've um, you've shown yourself capable of it. So that you know, going through that struggle, convincing somebody that I'm capable, and just showing them through, showing my teachers through persistence, um, and just showing up to class every day and getting good grades on the on the tests and quizzes, um, really paid off for me. And so that's the happy story, right? Um, but the challenge is, uh, it's, 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 there were some instructors, or one instructor in particular, um, who he said all the right things when I met him. He's like, oh, we'll make things accessible. We'll do this, that, and the other. It's, it, it'll be quite all right. Um, and then I had, uh, I had issues online with, with an online test or online tests that he had. Um, and then he, he never really quite came through with putting in um, time extensions that I needed and all that kind of stuff. Because if, if uh, my, my speech dies on the computer, um, that's time that's clicking away. So I, mm -hmm. I wanted to budget um, in enough uh, leeway for myself. Um, and then at the end, and, and he was never really quite responsive to any of that until I, I uh, you know, I literally had to track him down for every test and be like, please, I really need this. If, if you want me to finish everything on time, I need this. And that, that, that was the only communication he understood. Um, and at the end, he, um, he wrote me and he's like, oh, you know, uh, congratulations on passing my class and everything. Um, oh I'm, I'm really curious about how, uh, uh, how everything went the whole year for you on your online test. Come by next year, so we so we so we can like write something up for the rest of the college, uh, to, uh, like a, a best practice guide. And I'm like, what? Like you you didn't you didn't care all year, and now you want me to help you create a document that you can present to the rest of your colleagues? This is that that was very strange to me. Yeah, that does seem yeah. odd. So maybe maybe I'm forgetting a lot of incidents and events but that that was the only thing that i could really think that was unresolved because the rest of it is i've had a really positive experience um i've either found able to find uh workarounds or friends who would um, help me look up stuff and advise me on classes or I've, I've been stuck with really really good teachers that's really good to hear um i am very baffled by people being unsure how to communicate with you me too <laughs> i bet me too you you speak and then i speak and we communicate just like yeah. anything else it's very odd I've, I've um i've had friends who um i would be standing with them someplace and we might be at a party or a, a gathering of some sort and people would walk up to them and be like what's his name and I would be like, my name is Lewis. <laughs> and then they, they would pause and like, oh, nice to meet you. And then hmm, that like, what's his name? That, that was, that's a very strange thing to say. Like, if you and your husband were standing together, I don't think anybody would walk up to you and be like, what's his name? Right. <laughs> that's just very strange. So I've, I've um, and sometimes my friends would uh, just respond through a pure reflex and I've had to tell them that, Hey, uh, you may not think much of this, but it's pretty darn insulting that, you know, I, they can recognize me as a human being and mm -hmm. speak to me like everybody else. It's just like little, um, 
I don't think people realize the little things that people do that are just so strange. Um, and then, and they, they're, they're frustrating and they're, they're kind of humiliating in a way. And it's a lot of people are like, well, that's the only way they really understand how to communicate with you. But I mean, that that doesn't make it right. Or that, that, that doesn't make it so that I have to understand and, mm. and, and keep it going. You know, it's like, um, I don't know if this is a fair com- uh, comparison or not, but sometimes if a man walks up to a woman and is, is very condescending, uh, I'm not going to walk up to that woman and be like, oh, don't be pissed off. Um, that's just the only way he knows how to communicate with you, right. you know? <laughs> so. Well, can you think of, um, I'm putting you on the spot, but can you think of other examples of things that people do to you frequently that are kind of belittling and condescending like that? Maybe, um, maybe this can be a teachable moment for, for probably me and, um, and the people listening, like maybe there are things that we're doing that we can, uh, behaviors we can tweak so that we're, um, getting our full meaning across instead of being mean. (laughs) Um, just grabbing, because um, I, I take the BART system here, uh, which is our, our little train system in the Bay Area, um, and people would just grab me and be like, oh, you need to go this way. People touch you without your permission? Yes. Oh, and, my and God. It, and I'm like, the other day, I was just walking down the street, and I wasn't going to run into anything, but it looked like I was, I, I guess, or something. And this guy, like, he hugged me. He literally wrapped his arms around me from behind, like, and he hugged me like, oh, be careful. And he's like, that was just the weirdest, creepiest thing that happened to me today. <laughs> that sounds terrifying. Yeah. So, and it's like, I know people mean well. And it's, it's not like I'm, I'm not, I feel that I'm a, I'm a pretty even kiltered blind person. Um, I'm not one of those who are like, you know, if you touch me, like you're completely wrong and this, that, and the other. And like, I, I feel that I, I, I can, I can understand where people are coming from, but it's, it only takes you two seconds to ask, do you need help? Mm-hmm. Or what is the best way for me to help you? If you see that somebody, if it looks, if, if somebody looks like they're struggling, just ask. Um, because they, like, maybe they don't move the way that you do. Right. Like, mm-hmm. um, Maybe I'm moving a little slower because I'm I'm listening to the, the to the station announcements so I can find what train I'm on um, I'm on or I'm I'm, uh, I'm trying to steer myself towards towards stairs or, or what have you like there I I have techniques that I'm that that I use to to get around every day and it's and it it's it's just frustrating that since my techniques aren't understood or um, aren't used by everybody else they they people automatically default to the oh he needs help mm-hmm. like poor blind person he needs this from us so yeah and i guess another thing is uh i, I get this from like older women in the more, more than anything else but the uh the baby talk like yes sweetie you're doing good good job mm. no sweetie turn right and they're like um what, why, why are you, like, I just heard you talking normally to somebody else. Why are you talking to, uh, to me this way? <laughs> oh, people. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. It's fine. It's, it's, I, I laugh it off most of the time, really, because if, if I let every encounter like that, um, you know, 
make me angry. It, mm. uh, it really doesn't do any good for me. I'll probably get more gray hair than I already have now. <laughs> Are you significantly gray as someone in your, I don't know, early I, 20s, I, I'm assuming? Yeah, I was told that I was significantly gray. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we were doing an assignment the other um, the other day in our communications class, and it was for uh, it. And um, one of the questions was, uh, how did you phrase it? Um, have somebody tell you something that you don't know about yourself? And uh, one of my friends jokingly was like, you have gray hair. I was like, oh, like, couldn't you have picked something else more flattering? <laughs> like, I can't see, but I, I still, I, I want to know that I look young and dashing and right? not old and crusty, for God's sakes. Supposed to affirm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I have um, actually something came across my Twitter feed the other day, and I'm pretty sure I know the answer to this. But um, so someone was I think it was in Boston or New York, um, and they noticed that someone who. Um, oh, Andy Anatka. Right? OK, OK. Yeah, it was Andy. OK, well, OK. So do you mind um, explaining the tweet? I can continue to. But if you'd like to explain the tweet and um, and what your the appropriate response for you would have been in that situation. Well, if I remember correctly, Aline will correct me, but um, Andy was at a, uh, a crosswalk um, and it was, it had an audible signal there, right? I think so. I think it did. And uh, the audible signal went off and um, he still, uh, he politely told somebody, oh, it's, it's okay to cross. Um, I, I think that's pretty much all he did and then he was he, he was wondering is that the appropriate thing to do um and it's there, there's really no right or wrong to that one because he he was being he wasn't being nice he uh if he grabbed that person and pulled them across the street that that would be a different story mm. and yes and I, I i've had that happen to mm. me mm. um i was standing at the at a, a crosswalk and uh it, it wasn't even it wasn't even time to go and this lady grabbed my arm to, grabbed my arm and she tried to push me in the street and she's like it's time for you to go now and I was like um no it's really not time for me to go now not in front of that car at least wow <laughs> um so what Andy did was completely fine if he because if, from the way I'm looking at it he he was looking um uh, after the best interests of his fellow man and that's completely fine um and whether the guy chooses to cross or not that has to be his decision, but, mm -hmm. you know, just making conversation or just saying, Oh, it's okay to cross is, is, is helpful at times, especially when, um, uh, you're at a, a crosswalk that doesn't have an audible. And, um, you know, I, I, maybe this right here would be a good time to, to say that, uh, I don't represent every blind person. Um, you are not some, a monolith. I have not. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm just me and these are my opinions. And as I said before, I, I feel that I'm pretty even kiltered and pretty moderate about these things. And I, I, I'm not very, I don't, I don't take these things way, way seriously. And, um, but you might meet a blind person who, um, who might find that offensive mm -hmm. um, or who, who might be annoyed by that. And it's, which is why I find, you know, training manuals for how to deal with uh, minority groups or uh, fringe groups or disability groups so funny and it's like oh here are these guidelines that you had to follow through how about we just write this 
treat them like a human being right. period it, it, it's like don't make this uh, this big long complicated process because it's really not my thought when i read andy's tweet was like i guess if they looked like they were confused or maybe weren't sure what was happening with traffic or you know the crosswalk lights or whatever you know that would be one thing but um, for the most part, I just assume that people are capable unless they ask for help. That's a very assumption. Yeah. And sometimes I wonder if it is, you know, I've, I've walked by some people who it's like, well, maybe I should say something, you know, maybe I should ask if they're okay. And I tend to just be like, you know, because that's how I'd want to be treated. I just, mm-hmm. I will reach out for help if I need it. Yeah. And it's, there's there really, again, there's no right or wrong about it. If, right. you know, some days you'll, you'll, you'll ask hey do you need help other days you you won't and it's and, and there's no way to make a 100 percent accurate decision without knowing that person and their capabilities you mm-hmm. know because i <clears throat> i was raised in a family because uh, I'm, I'm vietnamese so i was raised in a family that uh, believed in karma and all that kind of stuff so my blindness from birth was viewed as I'm paying off some horrible karmic debt. Um, and maybe I did something wrong in the past life. Who, who knows? Um, and I was told that you will never be as good as a sighted person. So don't try. Mm. But I, you know, I ran away from home to go to, to the independent living center. Um, and I rose out of it. And, and I, and I, even though I feel that there are certain areas that I still need to improve on, um, I feel that I get get around pretty well, and I do think pretty well, and I and I, and I function just like everybody else. But uh, you know, others might might have their own issues, might have their own own trials that they they haven't accepted their blindness or or what have you. So there's there's no no way of completely saying, you know, it's a one size fit all kind of solution. So may I ask, um, the reason that you went to the independent learning center, was it because, um, you weren't taught the skills, I'm assuming, obviously you weren't taught the school skills that you needed to live independently as you were growing up. That's correct. Yeah. Um, my meals were made for me. Um, if if I wanted to go out on my own or traveling or, or or what have you, um, I was told that I couldn't, um, because it's a big bad world out there, Lewis. You're blind. Like somebody will take advantage of you, and that uh, really, it's it's people get taken advantage of whether they're sighted or blind. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you get in the car and it's 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 a risk. You know what I mean? Right. So so if you if, if, with with that fearful mentality, everybody might as well just stay home and put a padlock on their doors and just live that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so I didn't have any of the skills. Like I, I couldn't even make my own food. Um, I couldn't even do my own laundry, like things that my peers were doing. Um, and, uh, when I graduated high school, um, I was just like, I could stay home and go to college and get a degree, but I would never leave this house. Um, because they, my family already planned it, uh, planted <laughs> my family already planned out everything for me mm-hmm. the way they thought i should live i would work at some or i would go to college i would get some degree some blind friendly degree that would get me into a blind friendly job 
and I would make money maybe, or I would live on government assistance or, or what have you. Mm. And all of that money would go into a bank account that they would control. And if I needed anything, I would ask them for it. And they would then judge uh, whether or not I was smart enough to make that decision and whether or not I deserved it. Um, and I, and I didn't, I wasn't going to live that life. No, I don't blame you. I like, I was thinking, you know, I, I want, I want better things for myself. I, I want to feel good. I want to have better self-esteem because I, I was, I was feeling pretty, pretty terrible at, about who I was. Um, and I was like, would you, would you date you right now? If you lived at home? No, you wouldn't. <laughs> um, and I felt that if I didn't, I, I didn't know that I could do it or not. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I rather, I, my, my thought process was, well, there's only one way to find out whether this is possible or not. And even if you went home and you failed and, and you found yourself just completely in, incapable of taking care of yourself, at least you gave it a try. Rather than living in your cousin's basement when you're 35, uh, with your nephews and uncle or nephews and nieces running around um, and and you're the blind uncle who needs taken care of uh, and you're and you're just wishing that you you've taken a leap leap of faith you know years ago mm -hmm. so what was that like I mean going from you know never having prepared a meal never have done your own laundry to like kind of being immersed in in figuring all of this out kind of at once. I'm assuming. I I guess I should ask how how those pro or how the program you were in works, um, because it it kind of seems like it'd be like everything all at once, and for me that would feel very overwhelming. It it was because they um what they do uh, it it it's literally the deep end of the pool, and because they um they they rent out uh. I get the numbers right. I might get the numbers wrong, but eight apartments in an apartment complex, and uh, each student gets an apartment with a roommate. So uh, you they they set it up as realistic as possible to real life, with you know structure in place, um, and and from then you you learn okay here's how you pr prepare basic meals, here's how you how you travel. These are the local places around for you to travel. And all right, these are the things you need to think of as, as an adult. These are the bills you need to pay. Oh, no one's here to buy you toilet paper. I guess you need to go buy toilet paper now. You know, all these like big things, little things. Like it, 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 it was, it was quite overwhelming and it was scary, but it was, it was exhilarating at the same time. Um, to know that I, to feel that I, this, I'm, I'm giving it a try. You mm -hmm. know that 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 I um that I was doing it um, was great. And, and let me take a moment here to say that uh, in high school, I've had, I had very, very wonderful teachers who, um, who realized my predicament with my family and realized that I wanted to succeed. And they, they pretty much helped me fill out all the applications. They went above and beyond the call of duty to get me into that center. And they still keep in touch with me now. And it's, 
and they they didn't have to do any of that because many of them put their jobs on the line to to get me to where I am now, and uh, I'm, I'm I'm very thankful for that, and I wouldn't be here without them. So, if you have if your listeners have teachers who who influence them along the way, you know, thank your teachers. They 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 do a hard job without without a lot of thanks. And, you know, my, mine certainly changed the way I, I approached the world and who I am today. That's really good to hear. So, uh, gosh, where do we go from that? Well, um, can we talk about my job a little bit? Sure. All right. So <clears throat> I work at a, at a company called Scottish American Capital. And uh, right now we're focused in insurance. Um, we're a wholesaler. Uh, for insurance, uh, an MGA, uh, and uh, but we're we're also looking to expand into other um, areas, uh, real estate, banking. Uh, we're not quite sure yet, but it's 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 a it, it operates on a startup model, and um, we all have fun fun titles. We we don't believe in like you know vice president of this or that. Mm-hmm. So so my title is uh, chief fix it. Oh nice. Uh, so I, I fix problems or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, so May of this year, um, I'm friends with a, a gentleman by the name of Daniel Kish. Um, I don't know if you heard of him, but he's, he's called the real life Batman. And he goes around uh, clicking his tongue to, uh, to echo locate and, and, and bounce sound waves off uh, of objects and things. Okay. So, to see his environment. Um, and I also do that too. And which is as a side note, you know, some people, some blind people do that. Uh, some blind people don't do that. It's not, you know, not every blind person wants to be bad. Um, <laughs> I don't know why not though. I mean, let's yeah, be honest. It, it's, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. I, I, I would say like, why wouldn't you want to be like me? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, um, uh, Daniel runs this organization called world access for the blind, that uh, trains, uh, blind folks how to do, how to navigate and travel around using his method um and and it's and it's an organization run blind run by blind people for blind people and taught and blind people are teaching blind people how to get around mm-hmm. like i find that pretty pretty amazing and pretty awesome so uh our chief gopher of a uh, scottish american um so he's think of him like the ceo mm-hmm. uh needed somebody in his company who could help him manage things kind of like an assistant, but doing more and, and, and assuming more responsibilities as the role evolves. Um, and he's like, I'm very scattered and, and I'm, and I'm a disorgan- I'm very disorganized. I'm a mess. So who, who can be very efficient? Uh, who has to be efficient? A blind person has to be very efficient to, to just get things done and not be so, because, like, you know, I, I can't jump into a car and drive somewhere r- right then because I needed something. I, I kind of have to plan it out. Um, with Uber, that, that kind of changes. But then I don't want to spend, you know, it's $7 because I, I couldn't plan something out ahead of time. Right. So um, the, the company policy is one out of 25 individuals uh, must have a disability or some kind of challenge. Uh, to promote diversity because that that's he wants this company to be different 
Um, he wants his company to be innovative and he wants people to learn and, and he wants to hire good people and, and just create life lessons along the way. So he contacted Daniel and uh, Daniel referred six people to him. Um, two of them were cited and he just threw that uh, threw their resumes right out the window. Like, nope, not even going to look at these. Uh, discrimination for the cited. Right? <laughs> the, the tables have turned. Reverse, what is it? Reverse, reverse discrimination? Reverse discrimination, exactly. Um, and uh, I followed up because I, I've been wanting to work, but um, job prospects haven't been all that, uh, all that available. Mm. You know, young people, they may be working at a restaurant or Walgreens or places like that. And, that wasn't, you know, even if I wanted it, uh, which I didn't, um, they probably wouldn't hire me because they're like, oh my God, he's one. He, he's gonna, that's a liability lawsuit on our hands. Um, so I, I called Paul and, I, and, and we talked for about three hours. And I was like, listen, I'm in college. Um, I want to work a lot and I will work a lot, but I'm not going to be able to do the full time thing. But uh, I feel that if you give me a chance, I can do this. Um, and and I, I didn't know where it was going to go. And he was like, okay, let, let, let's see how this, how, how this goes. And uh, let's, let's talk, uh, let's have you talk to um, other people in the company um, just to understand uh, what, we're, what we're doing because I, I had no idea what they did in, in insurance and he was, you know, creating this model of you need to build your work around your, uh, your yeah, your work around your life, and um, everybody's a big family, and 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 you're not a slave to your work, and all this kind of stuff. And it's it was very, it sounded too good to be true. It does and, sound too good to be true. But uh, and and you know, looking for a blind person to be your 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 right hand man, your assistant, was like oh like like what are you up to? It's like, this is too suspicious. Um, so I talked to other folks in the company and, um, you know, I guess the rest is history. I'm, I'm here now and I, I, I've been, I've been in the company since, uh, August. So it's, it's been three months and, uh, it's, it's amazing. Like my, uh, the, the way he does it, the way this company is running, um, they only hire really good people, meaning you're good at your job, yes, but you're also a good-hearted individual. And um, I've had some challenges of, oh, you know, what does this look like, or this this you know thing isn't reading properly, or you know things like that. Um, and I could always count on people to help me out. And it's you know, or, or I had to sign papers, and I'm just like, well. Yeah, this is going to be a little difficult. Um, can somebody help me? You know, take the time to help me. You know, fill this out or figure something out. And they they do. And it's and and the more amazing thing is we we don't have an HR department, so people are just doing it because they're good people. So what do you do there? What does a fixer do? I manage uh, Paul's calendar um, just just to make sure his appointments and everything are in line. Um, typical executive assistant stuff, mm-hmm. but I, I also like do tasks that he he needs people to do. Like for example, um, my first task uh, to start 
um, with the company was I, I planned a conference for our uh, salespeople in Dallas. Our, it's a leadership conference, um, which happened uh, at the end of September. And what we did was that we wanted people to think differently, start thinking differently, start approaching their lives differently, their jobs differently. Um, and what we did was uh, Daniel, uh, Daniel Kish uh, also came to the event. And, and we, uh, we blindfolded uh, about 30 of our employees for the whole day. Um, and then we taught them how to get around for the first hour or so. And then the next part was, okay, you've been, you've been blind for a while. Um, how are you going to approach your job differently? How are you going to think differently? How are you, how are you going to, you know, change your life? What are the lessons you can put in, 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 into reality practice? Uh, because there's no point in this training happening at all if you're like, oh, blind people are amazing. Because if I, if I wanted you to think that, there were plenty of other ways I, I could approach it, you know? Right. Um, and it was, it was, it was very good. That, that, that was my, that was my first uh, big job and just planning it out without any previous experience of, of dealing with the big group. But, um, that's a huge undertaking. Yeah. It, it was very nerve wracking. Yeah. Like, I bet. Oh God. I hope you all have a hotel rooms and I hope they're nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what were the takeaways that people had after an hour of being blindfolded? People realized how uh how distracting their vision can be to them mm -hmm. uh one of our guys because um because afterwards we we required um about a month later uh two months later sorry um i i had people write down for me the changes they've implemented over the uh, after the training and people realized how how distracting their their vision was so they're turning off their, their monitors when, when they're taking calls of agents or, or walking over to, the, uh, to a window to look outside because it's, it's more calming and, and less distracting that way. And also, uh, we, we, I don't think people use the phone as much anymore because we are so reliant on text messages and emails and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, people are now starting to call their agents and, and you'd be like, oh, just calling to say hi. And, you know, how are the wife and kids and this, that, and the, this, that, and the other, just, just to stand out a bit more and, and also really build that personal human to human connection rather than I'm working with you and you're making me a lot of money. And that's what I care about. Right. Um, and a lot of people are like, just like, wow, I didn't realize um, that, you know, I knew so-and-so for so many years, but I, I remembered nothing about them, which is, I don't know what that says, but that, right. that, that, that's just like, wow. Like it's because then again, I, you know, I remember a lot of stuff about people and I'm just like, wow, it's like, that, that's really interesting. But if you, if you known someone for years and years, you, you wouldn't remember, you know, that they had, they had a kid and the kids, you know, in first grade and he likes this or that or the other, you know, if they've been telling you that for years and years and years. Yeah, that's something that I've noticed about things I read versus things that I hear from people. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm in, it feels like 11 billion Slack teams, you know, and it's just all, 
you know, walls of text all day long, thousands and thousands of messages all day. And I think you get so fatigued from, from like one kind of input that you stop paying attention. But with like with uh, vocal communication, there are things that kind of stick to your memory more than, than my experience of reading anyways, you know, because you can hear inflections and, you know, different people's ways of speaking and presenting themselves that makes it unique and stand out. And I can see why that would happen. And, and uh, a lot of this, this didn't come from a result of the, uh, the, the training to be blind itself. But uh, a lot of people are like, well, I realized that I, I just work too darn hard. So uh, I'm scheduling events right after work so I could, you know, I have a reason to leave work. Mm. You know, like I, I, I don't have that excuse. Oh, I don't, I'm not working. Um, uh, I'm not doing anything after work. So I can say two hours after this, uh, after work really ends and work on this uh, policy. Mm-hmm. And, and that, and, and and I guess that that's one way of really thinking differently too, because it's you know we we wanted people to approach their lives differently to see the the things they could new things they could do or or things they could change. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I was really happy to see that because a lot of our guys um, and and you know I I would like to count myself into this uh, category. We, we're we're pretty we're pretty hard workers. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we become we become workaholics as a as a result of it. Yeah, and we we're kind of in that culture right now. I think where you work a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have a question for you. Okay. Um, because this is a show about geekdom. Um, how are you geeky? How am I geeky? I I, I just love I love machines. Um, I love the s- sleek feel of you know computers. Um, <laughs> I love ex- I love the um, I, I have an iPhone six so okay. so we uh, so yes I, I I am an Apple fan um, I, I love the contours of my iPhone six you know I love messing with uh, new software when it comes out you know I I, I don't go into crazy uh, well not crazy but I I I don't code or any of that mm-hmm. uh, just because I've I've never had any exposure to it. Or what have you, but um, I uh, I just love playing with software and, and 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 hardware and and being being the user, you know, from the user's perspective. And I, I love thinking about, well, you know, how could this be more accessible to me? Like, how could this be labeled a little better, or that kind of thing. So those things are are always on on my brain, or. You know, even simple things as walking through this, this train station, and it's like, oh, you know that that uh, you know, this voice would would work better for this kind of environment. You know, this this announcement could be in a in a different voice because it cuts through more, or that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So my my brain runs in the in, in strange strange patterns. Oh, it sounds like you're a problem solver, just like you said. Well, I try. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they, they they pay me to do at any at, at any rate. So, so I guess um, at the beginning of the show when you were talking about yourself, you said that you were um, you're pursuing a degree in, in in international relations, but you might be switching. So, why why the degree or why the program you're in now, and why do you think you might switch? Program I'm in now because I've 
I grew up reading um, spy novels, uh, like you know the Jason Bourne series by Robert Ludlum. Or uh, you want to be an international man of mystery? Wow! I mean, why not? <laughs> it sounds very exciting. It does. Yeah, and you know they they talk about these places like Paris and London, and all these like just beautiful cities, and they just they just describe it so eloquently. And I was just like, if I can get a job that pays me to travel, um, I would, I would love it. Mm-hmm. And I, my 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 career choices have evolved from uh, creative creative writer. I wanted to write my own book. I'm, I'm still working on it, you know, bits and pieces whenever I have time. To being an English teacher, and I was like, I'll just travel during the summer, or a, a history teacher, and now. Um, international relations, um, uh, mainly focusing on uh, journalism, because uh, I wanted. I, I thought it would be really cool to be a a correspondent with the BBC or or something mm-hmm. like that. Just you know, um, and, and get paid to travel. But business. Um, ever since working uh, with Scottish American, uh, my boss has really uh, been a mentor and been a supporter to me, and he's not. Like, I don't view him as a boss. Um, Paul Thompson is my friend. You know, he, he and I correspond outside of work. And, he's, and, he, um, and, and he, would, he would be a wonderful mentor for me in business. Mm-hmm. And, and he would help me, you know, go to a business school and, and do things like that. And uh, he did, he, uh, I don't know how, how joking it was, but he did mention that one day I could start my own company if I wanted to. And that, I, that area never, um, that idea never appealed to me much, right? I never really thought about it before, but I was just like, to create something that you could be proud of and just have people be happy and just advocating for people and just using the skills I've, I've uh, used all my life to advocate for myself mm-hmm. for a bigger goal. Um, and, and just create, and just creating like a similar big family like Scottish American has currently. Um, that really appealed to me, um, because you know you read books about oh you know this businessman he's a CEO and he has fraud corporations overseas and this kind of that you know this down the other like the darker side of business. Um, but I'm seeing a different side of it. I'm seeing a side where a business can be humane and and innovative and kind and and supportive to its employees and it really struck a chord in me i guess that's really neat so we are pretty close to an hour now is there anything else you wanted to talk about today the organization um that i you know i mentioned before the independent living center that really helped me mm-hmm. was the, the hatland center for the blind if we can put that in the show notes, that would be, be great, just so people are aware of it. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, my friend Daniel Kish's organization, um, uh, shameless plug, they, they, they could use help um, all the time because they're, they're bucking the, the traditional system because blind people teaching blind people and you know all this, that, and the other. Uh, they, could, they could use everybody's help too. So they're, they're called World Access for the Blind. Yeah. And it's, and you know, as I said before, just whether you're, you're blind, wh- whether you see someone who's blind, someone who's deaf, 
you know, someone in a wheelchair, just, just treat them like anybody else. And if they need, if they need your help, uh, they'll ask for it. Or if you want to help them, ask, ask them what's the best way you can help them. Because that's, it, it really makes my day sometimes when people communicate properly. Like I was walking and there was this, this guy who was like, sir, like, what's, do you need help? What's the best way for me to help you? And um, <laughs> I don't know what this says, but I was, I paused because part of my brain was like, what? <laughs> like somebody just communicated properly, right. huh? But I, I didn't need help. So I told him, I, I, you know, I got it. Thank you. you know, have a good day, that kind of thing. Mm. But it, it really made my day that somebody stopped and thought and saw me enough as human being to, to communicate, to communicate that that was, it was quite special. Oh, we have a long way to go though. I'm glad that you had that experience though. We do, but it's, you know, laugh at things, enjoy (laughs) it. It's not a, I, I, I do believe um, that most people are, are out there to help. Most people are out there to be good people, even though they, they approach it. Uh, the long way at times, yeah. but it's you know it's I, I think we all can learn from one another. We we can all teach each other things as as long as we're open minded enough to do so, um, and that's that's the thing. Um, I, I I think um, we're going to see a lot of changes. I mean, fifteen years ago, I, I don't think a company like Scottish American um, would have been able to exist with the philosophy it has and, you know, much less hiring or seeking to hire somebody who can't see, you know? So there are definite progress being made towards, towards a better direction. Yeah. I think that, you know, one of the great thing, the internet has done a lot of horrible things, but one of the great things it's done is um, helped us be more aware of other perspectives and, you know, and other people and has provided a really great way to, to reach out and, and learn and grow. I agree. Um, the, uh, the blind community on, on, on Twitter and on, uh, other social media sites have, have been great, uh, for, for, for people to really connect. Uh, but of course it, it's also, a it's also an excuse for a lot of people to just stay home mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and not go places. Because it's, it's, why are you, why are you going to want to brave crossing streets when you can talk to your, your friend over Skype? Right. Um, so, you know, it's, but there's, there's no perfect solution. I don't think. And it's, and if I, if I go down this, this road, I'll, I'll probably get into a rant. Nobody <laughs> wants that. <laughs> well, Lewis, how can people find you online? Uh, I can be found on Twitter. Um, Lewis Doe two. Five zero, um, L O U I S D O two five zero, and uh, I would love to chat with any of your listeners and uh, all of that kind of stuff because I, I like meeting people, even though I don't sound it at the moment because I can't find the right words to say. I'm very bad at that. I, I, I'm just like, oh, let me go on a podcast, but I don't have any words. Oh so. no, you did great. Yeah. You're great. <laughs> Uh, and I should have looked up your Twitter profile earlier because I don't, now I see aspiring guitarist on there. Yeah, I, I've been aspiring for the last three years. So. <laughs> I see. Yeah, I see. I, 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 uh, 
I definitely can play better than I, I did three years ago. Okay, so. well, that's progress. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Um, listeners, you can find the show on Twitter at Less Than or Equal. If you have feedback, suggestions for guests, or would like to be a guest, be like Lewis, please go to lessthanorequal.com and fill out the contact form. If you have a few minutes, it really helps the show if you can leave a review on iTunes or even just a star rating. Thanks for listening. Until next time on an internet near you, I'm Aline Sims for Less Than or Equal. <laughs>